And Ephesians, I think, is a very interesting book. You know, um, Paul, Paul goes on to tell us uh, in Ephesians how to live. He really is. He's telling us how to live. You know, he said, live a life worthy of your calling. I think that's in about chapter 3 or 4. He tells us to live a, live a life worthy of, the, of your calling. In other words, be where you're supposed to be. You know, and then he says, uh, you know, walk in love just as Christ walked in love. You know, maybe it's easy for Paul to say, huh? But sometimes it's hard to do, isn't it? Okay? All these things are. Okay? Uh, make the most of every opportunity. It's another thing he had to say. Make the most of opportunity. In other words, opportunity pass without, without saying about something about God. You know? And then he goes on and he starts getting nosy and he starts talking about the home life. And he said, husbands, love your wives. And wives, love your husbands. Wow. You know, back in those days, this was new. You mean we got to love each other? But you know, even today, we have the same problem. I remember when Norma and I were over, this is not in my notes at all, but when Norma and I were over in the Philippines and, uh, and, they, and we were ministering to pastors and their wives, okay? And Norma and I done uh, a series on husbands and wives loving each other. And you ought to see the looks I got from these pastors and their wives. <laughs> and, and we were at a big church, and afterwards the, the, the head pastor came up, and he wanted to talk to Norma and I, and he, he said, listen, he said, that was great. He said, we need to hear it as pastors, but so does our congregation. He wanted Norma and I to come back and do a two-week series. We never did. But, uh, but even... Even today, even today, that jumps out. This has nothing to do. But this is some of the things he brought out. So he says, husbands and wives, love yourself. Then he, then he tells what? He tells the children to obey your parents. All of us have children. Huh? Obey your parents. Even after they're grown, still obey mom and dad. You know, try to do some of the things we taught you anyway. You know, uh, the good things we taught you. So anyway, um, Paul was, it's a very interesting letter. And in Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10, he says this, finally, I love that, finally. In other words, I want you doing all that stuff, but finally, let me give you some instructions how to do it and how to make it, okay? You know, in today's world, um, um, we don't have the strength as, as Christians as Christians, as believers in Christ, we don't have the strength to stand up against the evils of this world. Oh, we can try, you know. But we're not going to do it unless we follow what the Lord has to say. So today we're going to get into, or tonight we're going to get into that a little bit. And we're going to, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the armor of God. But before we get into that, uh, he's got a couple of things that I think we need to take a look at. Finally, he says, be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So in other words, um, what he's saying here is, is we don't have the strength. You don't have the strength. If you're going to stand up, you've got to stand up in his mighty power. We need to be empowered with our union with Christ. And we do that with our faith in Christ. It's a union. It's a faith. But, you know, we do it by the word. You know, we need to draw, and all of us do, we need to draw that strength from God. 
Have you ever tried to go out and do it on your own? Come on, all of us have, haven't we? You know, Lord, I don't need you on this one. This is easy. That more, we didn't say it, but that's what we meant, you know. And after we've almost failed halfway through, we say, wow, why didn't I pray about this? Well, why didn't I ask God to go before me and, you know, and show me what to do? And so we are not going to make it without that mighty power, that power that he has provided. Now listen, that power that he has provided to everyone who's a believer. It's just not for pastors. Before I, came for, before I became, quote, a pastor, uh, I still think I'm in the pew, but before I became that, I thought, wow, pastors must walk on water. But then, but then I became one, and I said, no, they walk the way I walk. <laughs> we get our feet wet. <laughs> you know, we don't walk on water. Lord save me. You know what I'm saying? I'm drowning. Okay? But we all need that power. We all need to draw that strength. Just not in the bad times, but in the good times. We need to draw that strength that God has provided to every believer. To every believer. Just not a certain amount. You know, uh, when, I was, when I was a kid, I, I would see all these elders in church, you know, and we had elders and deacons and Carrie, your dad was one that uh, was one of my Sunday school teachers and I used to think, man, oh, if I could just have that kind of wisdom, you know, if I could have that kind of strength, Brother Durant, remember Brother Durant, you know, uh, my grandma and some of those others, your grandma, and, you know, boy, it just seemed like they had the answer for everything. And they weren't afraid to share it. They weren't afraid to tell you, even if you didn't want to hear it, you know, but they had the answer. And, you know, I used to think, wow, you have to be something really special to be that. No, you don't. You just have to be in tune with God. You have to get into his word. And that's what I learned. These guys, they were in their word. You know, I remember going over to visit somebody once, and I went over to encourage him. He was an older guy, and I was a young elder. I was an elder, 28 years old. Whew. And so I went over to, to, to encourage one of these guys. It was Brother Durant. And... Uh, and he was having a rough time, and I just went over, and I sat down with him. Cammy, you remember Brother Durant. And, and, and he encouraged me, you know. He got out his word, and he got out the word, and I looked through it. You know, I had my little Bible, you know, with me, and, and I was going to read some scripture. He said, no, Rick, let me read this to you. And he said, and here's what I heard from this pastor, and here's what I heard from this pastor, and here's what this pastor said. And I thought, oh, my goodness, the wisdom. So I sat there and just drawled in all the wisdom. And I left and I said, hey, I came to encourage you. So can I at least pray for you? <laughs> you know? but, but, you know, it's that power that comes from God, but it just don't zip, zap, and you have it. It takes work. It takes studying to learn, to learn the word. And then you just don't learn it. You live it. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, in Ephesians uh, 6.11, it says, put on the full armor of God. So that what? So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. People, we're in a fight. You may not know it, but if you're saved, you've been down the road very long, we're in a fight. Satan wants to throw the kitchen table at us. And he does. You know? And what's it say? His schemes. 
his schemes. So put, first of all, I want to look at the first part. Put on. As believers, we have to do something. We just don't read the word and, oh, that sounds good. No, we have to put on. In other words, we have to accept it. We have to live it. That's what putting on means. We have to wear it. Okay, we have to wear it. And when we wear it, you know, when we wear it as believers, uh, we can stand up against the devil. Paul, sa Paul tells us that we must put on the armor. He don't suggest, hey, put on the armor. You're going out to battle tonight. Hey, you're going to a place. So go in your closet and get, get the armor out and put it on tonight. No, he says put on the armor and then live with it. It's not something you put on and take off. You know, we're, we're soldiers. And you know, have you ever seen a soldier that's home, maybe he's on leave, and he's in those nice dress blues or whatever, and he's got his hat, and he looks so sharp. Have you ever seen what he looks like when he's out to battle? What, the armor he has on? I think somebody told me it was 65 pounds of armor they wear. 65 pounds of armor they wear. Why? Because there's an enemy out there that wants them. There's an enemy out there that, that wants to take their head off. And they need that armor for protection. Why do we need to put on the armor of God? For the same thing. For the same thing. You know, I played football uh, in high school. And I wasn't very good, but I played. And uh, I was a wideout. And uh, if you know what a wideout is, that means you're supposed to catch passes when they throw it to you. But, you know, we had uniforms. Okay? And we, we practiced all week to defeat the enemy that we were going to face Friday night. We practiced all week at that. But you know what? They practiced all week to defeat me. You know? And we had to put this uniform on, and we put the helmet on, and, and we put the shoulder pads on, and, and, and I had to have thigh pads because, believe it or not, I was skinny, and, uh, and I got hit quite often because I tried to catch pass a while, you know? But they wanted to take my head off. So I needed that armor out there. Bob, you played football. I needed that kind of armor to go against them. And people, that enemy had a scheme. They had a plan. They knew our weaknesses. I, I might have been one of the weaknesses. They knew our weaknesses. And they had a scheme how to defeat us. Satan has a scheme. Isn't that what it says? Against Satan's schemes. He knows our weaknesses. That's why we need that armor put on. That's why we need that. We're going, to get, we're going to get into the armor in a little while. But here he's just telling us, make sure you put it on. Make sure you put it on. Well, Rick, how do I put it on? Well, I have to take it. I have to do something. Paul says, put it on. Put it on. You know, um, It's a deliberate act, okay? It's a deliberate act. It's something that we have to do. You know, if, um, uh, and, and we put it on how? We put it on by faith. By faith. I have faith that God's word says what it's going to do. I have faith that it's going to protect me. I have faith that I can stand up against the enemy. I have faith. Why? Because God said it. Do we believe it? God said it. Do we believe it? And, it, and it's taking it on, saying, I believe it. I believe it. We put it on through faith, and we put it on through prayer. 
We put it on through faith. I believe God's word says it. I'm going to do it. And then I pray about it. And I pray about it. And I pray about it. I don't go out to battle without, without knowing that I'm built up in prayer. You know, when I'm going to uh, have coffee or something with somebody that's unsaved, you know, I just don't go there thinking, hey, I'm going to lead this guy to the Lord. You know? I, I had coffee a couple weeks ago with an atheist, okay? And I know him well, okay? And, you know, I prayed. I prayed, Lord, give me an opening. Lord, just give me an opening. And he did. You know, and we have to be smart enough to take that opening and then do something about it. Oh, Lord, there's an opening, but do I really say this, Jesus? You know, do I really step in there? And, uh, but, but that's being, that's, that's taking it and putting it on and using it. Why, why do we need the armor? Why do we need it? Because people... In Ephesians 6, 12, it says that we are fighting an enemy. We are wrestling with spiritual forces of wickedness. And if you don't think we are, read the paper, turn on the TV, or listen to the news. Let me say that again. I don't listen to the news. I, I, I just don't. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing ever good on it. I don't know why they call it news. Well, they don't call it good news. They just call it news. But I don't listen to it because I have enough people that tell me everything that's going on. Okay, but we're in a spiritual battle. And it's time that we as Christians wake up and realize what's going on. I don't want to get political here. What's going on in our country and take a stand. Isn't that what it says? Stand firm in the Lord. We can't be wimps. We can't be wimps. We have to stand up for what we believe. And we can't keep being silent. It bothers me. Well, I'm a silent witness. Baloney. I shouldn't say. I'm sorry. There are times to be silent. Don't get me wrong. There are times to be silent. Sometimes I have to bite my tongue. There are times to be silent. But there are times to take a stand. And that's what it means by putting on that armor. We're in a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. And our, our armor is spiritual. Our armor is spiritual. Ephesians 6.13, it says, put on the full armor of God. Is that what it says? Put on the full armor of God. We can't go out half naked. We can't go out half naked. We got to go out being prepared and putting on the full armor of God. Putting on that armor is a preparation to do battle. It's a preparation to go. And I don't mean you go out there and you're going to fight everybody you see. But that day is coming when you're going to need that armor and you can't run home and get it out of the closet, that day is coming for all of us. It may be today. It may be, you know, um, I just got through a battle, okay? It was a spiritual battle. It was a personal th battle. But I, but I needed that armor. You know, Satan has a way, Satan has a way of just whispering to us things that kind of defeat us, okay? That's why we need that protection that we can fight that enemy. We don't want to get knocked down. Have you ever been knocked down? You don't want to get knocked off your feet. You don't want to get knocked off your feet. You want to be able to stand and stand firm and know what you believe. Know that you know that you know. And that's part of putting on that full armor of God. That's part of putting it on. Um, 
Let me give you an example. Um, let's say that, let's say that you go out, ladies, you go out and you buy a new dress. Men, you go out and you buy a, you buy a new shirt, you know, and it's something that you really want to wear, and you get in your closet. And you, every once in a while, you walk by and say, boy, that really looks nice. Boy, that really looks sharp. Boy, someday, I'm going to wear that. It's not doing one good hanging in your closet and you looking at it. You got to take it out and you got to wear it. That's when you know it fits. You know? That's when you know you might have to go on a diet a little bit. But you got you to gotta take it out of the closet. You got to take what the Bible says and wear it. It's great to read the Bible. It's great to pray, and we need to do that. But we got to take what we hear, we got to take what pastor preaches, and we got to wear it. Wear that word. Don't be afraid. I am not afraid of Satan. Are you afraid? I am not afraid of Satan. You know why? Because he's defeated soul. He's defeated. What did God use to defeat Satan? He used the word. He used the word. And we got that same word. If, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Huh? That's what he used. If it's good enough for him, I, I, it better be good enough for us. Okay? But, you know, in order, in order to put that dress on or order to put that shirt on or order to put that pair of pants on, whatever it is, I have to actually get up and do it. I have to do something deliberately. It's not going to fly off the ring, off the hanger, and come to me. I have to take it. And when I take it, it's mine. When it's singing up there, anybody can use it. But when I take it and I put it on, it's my shirt. It's my pair of pants. It's my bathing suit. Where do you see that? It's my bathing suit. Okay? So, put it on. Do something deliberately. It's a deliberate action. And Paul tells us that we must. He didn't say, hey guys, if you get a chance to do it. He said, you must do it. You must put this on. And it's put on through faith and it's put on through prayer. Why do we need the armor? Why do we need the armor? Well, we need the whole armor. We need it for protection. We need it uh, for understanding. We need it for sight. We need that whole armor on. And let's take a look at the armor. How long do I have? I don't know this new time. Mark, how long do I have? 7.30? No, say 7.30. Okay. Uh, so let's say let, let's take a look at what that armor what that armor is what that armor is um, in in uh, fourteen I love this one in fourteen it says the belt the belt of truth the belt of truth put on the belt of truth buckle it around your waist that's what he's saying. What is the belt of truth? A belt, the belt of truth. A belt, what does a belt do? It holds everything together. It holds everything together. It holds my pants. I got a belt on right now. You know, it holds everything together. It holds our garments together. He says, put on that belt of truth. Put it around your waist. Tighten it up. You know, why? Because you need it. Because you need it to hold everything together. The belt of truth. You know, um, buckle, buckle it around you. You know, 
when when we played when we played football, you know, we we wore these pants, but we still had a belt. I don't know if you guys did, but back in our day, <laughs> I'm talking 50. I'm not going to tell you how long, but 50 some years ago, we had a belt that went around. Why? Well, we had a uniform on, but we had to have a belt to hold it. You know, we had pads here, and we had pads. We had pads every place you could put a pad. You know, but that pad wouldn't have been any good if I would have had my belt on. Why? Because it would have fell off. And that's what he's saying here. Get a hold of that belt. That belt of that belt of what? That belt of truth. What is the truth? What's the truth? The word of God is the truth. The word of God is our truth. Jesus is the truth. Get a hold of that and live that truth is what he's saying. Put that truth around you because Satan's going to come and he's going to whisper in your ear, you're not a Christian. Look what you do. Look what you say. Look what you watch. You're not a Christian. Do you really believe what that Bible says? You know, that's, that's, for, that's not for you. Satan wants to whisper those things in your ear. But if you got that belt of truth around you, I'm getting ahead of myself here too, but if you got that belt of truth around, you can say, hey, you're crazy. Get out of here. Get behind me, Satan. In fact, don't get behind me. Get way behind me. Go jump in the river with the pigs. Isn't that what he... <laughs> I'm, that's another... Altogether. But, uh, but we need that. We need that. Okay, and look at 14. The breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is right living. That's what it is. Righteousness is right living. It's integrity. It's our morals. It's how we live. It's what we watch. It's what we see. That's what righteousness is. And it's a breastplate. And what does a breastplate protect? The heart. The heart. You know, being a, being a wideout, I had to have a special part, uh, Bob, because I got hit quite often, you know, especially when I was up in the air, you know. And I, and I, I had to have a special plate, like, around me, okay, because there, I didn't have a whole lot of fat, you know. Those bones crack awful easy, okay. And uh, so, but he says, put the breastplate around you so to guard your heart. Listen. Satan wants to attack your heart. He wants to attack your heart. Why? Because that's where, that's, that, that, that's the center of your life. That's where the truth is hidden. It, what's the Lord say? Hide the truth in your heart. Hide it in your heart. Keep it there. But if Satan can just get a little crack in there, so put that breastplate around your heart. In other words, guard your heart with the truth of God. With the truth of God. That's what it is. The heart's tender. But the heart does a lot of work, doesn't it? Try to live without it. Try to live with pains, you know? I know people right now that, that they, they, need, they need, physically, they need some work done in their heart, okay? But people, spiritually, we need some work done in our heart too sometimes, okay? We need our So, right living is applying the truth, applying the word to our lives. It's good to read it. It's good that Paul tells us how to live, but taking that word and applying that word, that's righteousness. Applying that word, applying that truth, and how do we apply it? By the Holy Spirit. 
by the Holy Spirit. I remember, te- I remember telling the Lord years and years ago, Lord, I can't do it. I can't live it. I tried, I failed, I flunked, I give up. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you're right, you can't. You're a failure. And I thought, that don't sound good. He said, but I can through you. You can with me. So I thought, I'll give it one more chance. And 50 years later, it still works. Why? Because you take it and you apply it. I couldn't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. You're not going to be able to stand up to Satan by yourself. You're not going to stand up to the devil's schemes. And you don't think he has a scheme? Wait. He's got a scheme. He may scheme in this way. He may scheme in that way. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, he knows your weakness. He knows your weakness. And he's not afraid to attack it. And you know when you get victory over that, he finds another one. You know, I remember I had, I got to watch what I say here. I really had a weakness in one area. And I battled it and I battled it and I battled it before I finally gave it to God. And I got victory over it. And that little bugger found another one. He found another weakness. And then I was in another battle. It's a continuous battle, isn't it? You know, Jesus didn't say this is going to be a bowl of cherries. But he did say, there's heaven right there. And I'm going to walk and carry you through it. I don't care what you're going through. I will carry you through it. You know, we've been through a lot with our daughters. I got three daughters that every time the phone rings, it's like, what do you got today, hon? You know? And then I, got, then I got Ethan there. You know? Those are battles. Those are battles that grandpa and grandma battle every day, you know? I mean, we got through the easy battles, and we thought our kids, man, once we got them grown, we thought the battles were over. Hell, as I didn't know, they just started. Dad, look at me. I don't want to. You know? Dad, I need your help. I know. But, you know, God will see you through those battles. Why? Because you've got that breastplate covering your heart. You know, um, you're living righteous. And, and, you know, living righteous don't mean you're perfect. You hear me? Living righteous don't mean you're perfect. Living righteous don't mean you, you don't sin. You know, I ask God every day, Lord, forgive my sins. Usually it's my mouth. You know, I talk too much. You know, uh, Norm makes a comment, and, and I may make one too. If it's not her, then it's one of my kids, or it's somebody else, you know. So I, you know, I, I sin less. I sin less than I did 10 days ago. I sin less than I did 10 years ago. I sin a lot less than I did a long time ago. But you know what? It's that righteous living. It's called keeping short accounts with God. And that, 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 is, that, is, that is that right living. That's an integrity. That's our morals. Keep them up. Keep them up. Because, man, if Satan can just get a little window, he'll fight you with everything he's got. Okay. Boy, I labored that one. Let's go on to 15. Um, the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace in 15. 
having your feet shotted and planted. So, you know, in the gospel, having our feet planted in the gospel. In other words, having your feet planted in Jesus Christ that when the winds blow, when the, when the tornadoes hit, you don't rock to this side, you don't rock to that side. You may rock a little bit, but you don't fall. Being planted. You know, somebody told me years and years ago, grow where you're planted. If you're planted in this church, then grow in this church. If you're planted here, then grow there. But grow where you're planted. Just don't come in, sit down and say, oh, I'm here, Lord, thank you. Grow. It, you never stop growing. Because if you stop growing, what happens? You're going back. You never reach that plateau where you, where you stop growing. It's a constant daily thing. I don't know about you, but I get something fresh out of the Word every day. I looked at something the other day, and Pastor just preached on it a couple weeks ago, and I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, why didn't he say this? Well, that wasn't his message, but that was the message that Jesus had for me that day. You know? If you're earnest in the Word, and you want something from the Lord, you'll get it. If you just want to pat in the back and say, okay, I read my 10 chapters, or I read my 10 verses, or I read my 5 verses, then that's all you're going to get. But if you read them with an idea, I, I have learned, I have learned, and it took me a long while to learn this, to have a pencil and paper by my side when I'm reading the Word. Now, I read it in the morning when the only thing up is me and the dog. And I give her a treat and she goes back to bed. Okay? But, but you know, it's quiet. It's quiet and he can talk to me and I can talk to him. You know, and sometime I'll read this and i say, Lord, are you kidding? You're bringing this up again to me? There's a reason why Jesus brings it up two or three times. Five, ten, fifteen times. And you know, he keeps bringing it up till we take care of it. Have you ever noticed that? He's a good God. Having your feet firmly planted. So why? So you can share the gospel. Isn't that what it says? The gospel. The gospel of peace. God has given us this not to take it and hide it. But when our feet are planted in Jesus, we're not afraid to share. We're not afraid to share. I remember when, right after I came back to the Lord, and they called Norman and I, and they said, we'd like you to come and give your testimony. Yeah, big church. I said, you're kidding me. I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death. I can't do that. You know, they, they elected me. Don't ask me why. But after after year, they elected me Sunday. Remember we had Sunday school? They elected me Sunday school per, superintendent. I didn't know the first thing about being a Sunday school. So all I knew is I had teachers, you know, and I wasn't, I, I taught, I taught a junior high class. That was a blast. I never had so much fun in my life, but I was only 25, I guess you have fun when you're 25. But anyway, they made me Sunday school superintendent. And we had to stand up, you know, we had an opening exercise. Did anybody have that? We had an opening exercise in Sunday school. And I got up as a Sunday school superintendent and I cried. I cried. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Why'd you elect me? <laughs> you know? uh, but you know what? It was, a, it was a learning experience. I had my feet planted, and I learned. If, you're, if your feet are planted and you want to learn, you're going to learn. 
Don't ever walk out of here and say, boy, I didn't get anything out of that message. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about pastor or somebody else. Because if you come in prepared, you're going to get something walking out. You hear me? It may not be, it may not be what pastor was even pre preaching. It may be something that the Holy Spirit is whispering to your ear while you're sitting there. Hey, look what this says. You know, he may have skipped right over that area. But boy, that spoke to me. Okay, so when our feet are planted, and you know what? When your feet are planted, you know what you don't do? You don't run from place to place to place to place. I got to watch myself here. I'm not meddling. But you're never going to learn running to this guy, to this guy, to this guy, to this guy, to this guy. Well, I don't like what he says. I'm going to go see what this guy says because this guy says if I do this and this and this, God's going to give me $10 million. Well, if that was true, his church would be packed and they'd all be millionaires. Plant, grow where you're planted. God will bless you. God will bless you. He may not bless you financially. He may not bless you health-wise, but he'll bless you spiritually. He'll bless you spiritually. I remember when my grandma was dying. She was 97 years old. My grandma was dying. And uh, I sat there and I was talking to her. And I, I, nobody really knew she was going to die in the next couple of days. But I said, Grandma, if you had it all to do over, what would he have done different? And she said, I wouldn't have waited until I was 44 to get saved. I would have got saved when I was a teenager or when I was young, you know. But she said, it was a great ride. It was a great ride, okay. She was planning a little church, but there was a, you couldn't believe the number of people at her funeral came up to us and said, I'm here because of your grandma's prayers. I'm here because of your grandma's prayers. I'm here because of her. I'm here because, you know, we never knew all that. We knew, she was a prayer warrior, you know. I remember I, I was a young teenager and I wasn't saved yet. But there were some things that some of the kids wanted me to do, but I thought if grandma finds out, she'll kill me. You know what I mean? Grandma, you know, you thought pastor says God answered his prayers? He answered grandma's prayers. It may have taken a while, but he answered grandma's prayers. And I didn't want to be one of those things that she, she had to answer. She was so excited when I got saved. But anyway, that's something else. Okay? Preparation. Be prepared. Be prepared to, to, to give the gospel. In other words, be stable. Be stable. Be stable in your in your faith. You know, people don't want to people don't want to listen to somebody at wishy washy. They don't want to listen to somebody that's up one day and down the next. Now, don't get me wrong. You are going to have bad days, aren't we? Don't we all have bad days? Come on, let's be honest. Don't we all have bad days? I mean, am I the only one that sometimes gets up on the wrong side of the bed? No, no, we all do, don't we? You know, I've learned a new word, and I've been practicing it for about 50 years. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I remember one of my friends one time, uh, and you'll know who I'm talking about. We went to a marriage retreat. We were all young. And, uh, and this, this guy that was doing the marriage retreat was a tremendous, tremendous speaker. And he said, we're at Beulah Beach. And he said, okay, guys, he said, I want you and your wife just to go and scatter. There was only about 15, 20 couples there. Go and scatter and just talk. 
So I'm walking out, and my, my friend, whose name was, can't tell you. Anyway, uh, he said, which way are you going, Rick? I said, Norman, I'm going this way. He said, me and my wife are going this way. He said, because I got I to gotta ask forgiveness for being born. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes we just need to know how to say sorry. Sometimes we need to, we need to put that full armor on. And, and you know what? Didn't, it say, didn't he talk about the home earlier? Where's the hardest place to wear the full armor? Come on, let's be honest. Home. With our kids. With our husbands and wives. Why? Because our guards are down. Our guards are up when we're out in the world. Our guards are up when we're with brothers and sisters who think we're holier than thou. But somebody who knows us, our guards sometimes are down at home. I'm just being honest. Because we all, you know, I sat in that pew for a long, long while. I know what I'm talking about, you know. But, you know, be stable. Be stable. One of the things I love, one of the things, there's many, but one of the things I love about my wife, she's not here tonight, is she is the most stable Christian I know. She's the most stable Christian I know. And I know what we went through. And I know what she went through. But if I got, now listen, if I got to go to somebody with a problem, I'd rather go to her than anybody else. Because I know she'll have the answer. I may not like it, but she'll have it. That's what God is talking about here. You know, being planted and growing and, plant, and grow where you're planted. And you know what I mean about I may not like the answer. But <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I won't. The shield of faith. The field is shield of faith. It says lift up, lift up that shield of faith. That shield of faith, what is the shield of faith? Well, what is the shield of faith? What's your, what's your shield of faith? That shield of faith is our faith. You know, it's our covering. It's our covering. We have to have that shield. Why do we need that shield? Because Satan is throwing those stupid darts at us, you know? He's throwing those lumps of coals over, over us, you know? That shield of faith covers us. It covers us. Do we need a covering? I don't know about you, but I need a covering daily, you know? Because why? Because I got a guy scheming to defeat me, and his name is Satan. We need that. It's a saving faith. This is a very important, a very important thing. Make sure you got that field of shade, that field, that, that uh, shield of faith, okay? And you know what? It's something, that you it's something that you just don't lay down when you get home and pick it up when you walk out the next morning. It's a shield that we have to continue having us. Mark don't take off his shield of faith when he's playing the piano. He's wearing it. You know, pastor don't take off his field of, shield of faith when he's up here preaching or when he's going to visiting or when he's out running. I don't know if he runs anymore or if he just walks now. But whatever he does, okay, we have to have it with us constantly. Constantly. And it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Why? So it can quench those fiery darts of Satan. And there are times that I have to say, Satan, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're, that's not right. You are not going to do that. 
God has, yeah, God has defeated you in that. So get out of my way because I'm going on. And we need to talk like that to him. You know, I talk out loud to him sometimes. I do. Sometimes I think that's the only thing he understands. You know? And don't be afraid. This is why it's so important to know the word. Quote scripture to him. And he'll hightail it out of the way. Because he knows. You think we know the scripture? He knows the scripture. Don't think he doesn't. What did he tempt Jesus with? The scripture. He knows the scripture. Quote scripture to him. The word says, Satan, that Jesus defeated you on that cross. He defeated you. And I'm walking in that. I'm walking. There was victory. I love that song, Victory in Jesus. Cammy used to sing it all the time. You and Glenn, didn't you? Victory in Jesus. Why? Because there's victory in him. Sure things are going to happen. That's what, you know, Jesus knew that. Jesus, he died on that cross for the things that we are going through right now. He did. He knows it. Nothing surprises you. You know that? It surprises us sometimes, don't it? But nothing surprises Jesus. That's why we need that shield. That shield of defense. And it's a defense. It's a defense. I love this one, the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. We'll get to the sword in a minute. But the helmet of salvation. What's the helmet cover? Your head. Your mind. There's two places that Satan wants to attack most. Number one, your heart. Number two, your mind. And he loves to play mind games, don't he? You know? I'll be sitting and I'll be watching a ball game. <laughs> That's the only thing I watch. I'll be sitting and I'll be watching a ball game. And then all of a sudden this thought comes to me and I think, where in the world did that come from? Well, where do you think it came from? You know, it didn't come from Norma. It didn't come. I, when I'm watching a game, I turn the announcers off because they're stupid. You know, they talk about everything except the sport. You know, how do I care? Why do I care that you got your tooth pulled yesterday? You know, but, you know, plus that, I, I won't say it. But anyway, um, so, you know, uh, these thoughts come and these thoughts go. It's what you do with the thoughts. Thoughts are going to come. You don't believe me? Let some thoughts come. It's what you do with the thoughts. And I have to say every once in a while, I say, get out of here. And I have my Bible sitting right there. Sometimes I can't get out of it until I open up the scripture and start reading. I'll be honest with you. Because he just likes to batter and batter and batter, don't he? You know, hey, 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 are you listening, Rick? You know, you think, you know, you think you're, I, no, I don't think, I don't think that at all. I know, because that's what the word says. You think you're a Christian. No, I don't think it. I know it. Because that's what Jesus said. You think you're a child of God. I know I'm a child of God. Isn't it fun to be a child of God? It's a greatest. Remember that. Remember that. When Satan comes after you, you're a child of God. Say that again with me. You're, we are children of God, aren't we? We're children of God. So when, thing, you know, when Satan batters there or something's going wrong, say, Father, I'm your child. I remember once we're on a, we're on a vacation with Chuck and Zoni Unsel, and we're out in, I don't know, I can't remember what, sta what state we're out, but anyway, we're riding horses. Uh, anyway, we're going through, and there's beautiful mountain there, and, and we got, a, we got a, 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 um, a leader, you know, the, uh, a guy riding in front of us, and he was taking us on these horses through, 
And, and Zoni said, my father owns that. And this guy turns around looks at him. And she says, yeah, my father owns that. And he owns that. And he owns this back here. I thought that guy probably thinks, oh, my goodness, what do we have here? But God is our father, and he owns it. He owns it all. He owns it all. And you know what? It's ours. It's ours. Everything that's, I don't have my Bible here, it's over there. Everything that's in that word is ours for the taking. So put it on and wear it. Put it on and wear it. The helmet. You know, when I played football, I had to have a helmet. Because that idiot wanted to take my head off. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean idiot. That guy in the other team, you know. And I actually get hit, hit a lot in the head. You know, one of these, you know. And, but that helmet just doesn't protect our mind. It protects our ears. Listen to me. It protects our ears. It protects our eyes. Because I had a face mask. Okay? I had a face mask because, you know, they love, football players love to what? Right in your eyes. Right and stick your finger. Because the refs can't see that. You know, and you're walking around half blind, okay? Satan loves to hit you in the eyes. He loves to hit you in the eye. He loves to whisper in the ear. He loves, he loves to hit you in the mouth. He does. Anything to defeat you. But that helmet of salvation, that hel what is the helmet of salvation? Jesus died upon that cross, and he defeated Satan. Satan's defeated, and we're his children. That's the salvation that we have. If, if we didn't have anything else, that's enough. And he gave us everything else. If all we had, Mark, was the salvation of Jesus Christ, we got more than 99% of the people in the world. May they not be rich, and I'll never be rich. But I'm rich in Jesus. I'm rich in Jesus. And we can be rich in Jesus. Why? Because we keep that helmet on. And you don't take that helmet off when you go to bed at night. That's worship. You know, doesn't Satan just love to throw things at you when you're laying in bed? You ever have one of those nights where you can't sleep? Maybe you're not old enough yet. <laughs> but you're getting there. Where you can't sleep, and all of a sudden thoughts start coming. And sometimes I'm just not sharp enough to realize where they're coming until I'm thinking, what in the world? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And I think, that's not right. You know? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, maybe, and, and all of a sudden I think, that's not from God. That's not from God. Satan loves to hit us while we're dozing off or while we're just sitting and trying to read. He never hit, he never bothers me when I'm reading the Word. Never bothers me when I'm reading the Word. He bothers me when I'm praying sometimes. And I'll find myself kind of dozing off when I'm tired, you know. But those things come. What we're talking about here, you know, that helmet, that shield, that covering that we have, you know, um, covers a bunch of lies. Satan's a liar, people. Listen to me. Satan's a liar. He knows. He knows the real thing. He knows the real thing. And he tries, he knows his time is short. You don't believe his time is short? See what's going on in our world. I'll tell you, if he don't come pretty soon, 
I, I, I fear for my grandkids. I'll be honest with you. Okay? Do you believe what the Bible says? Do you believe what the Bible says? Do you believe his word? Do you believe he loves you? Do you believe he, he's going to take care of you? Then put it on and live it. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, let's look at 18. And this we'll do this in closing. But if I can find 18. Oh boy, what a mix. Hmm, maybe I don't have 18. Okay, well, we do it in prayer. What's it, what's it say, number four? Down, look at number four down there. Oh, you know, I mean, we miss the sword of the Spirit. What's the sword? The Word of God. The Word of God. Go forth in the Word of God. Use the Word of God. You know, and you can't use what you don't know. An old pastor told me that once. Because I told him, I said, Pastor, I can't memorize. Yeah, you can. I said, no, I can't. I still can't. Okay? I can't memorize. And I told Norma that. I said, do you, do you know what, pa what Pastor Hunter had the nerve to say to me? He had the nerve to say that I can memorize. Norma said, yeah, you can memorize. I said, no, I can't. She said, what, what did Dale Kalin hit last year? 316. <laughs> I said, yeah, you got me. You memorize what you want to know. Okay? You memorize what you want to know. You know what I mean? Some of you don't even know who L.K. Lane is, but greatest right field that ever played the game. <laughs> okay? But, <laughs> and I, I'll be honest with you, I struggle with memory. I still do. Don't I, Mark? You know that. I, I have a hard time remembering Mark's name. You know? No, I struggle with memories. You know? But, but I'll tell you what. If I, I may not quote it perfectly, but I can quote it enough to drive Satan out because people get the meaning. You know, people get the meaning. Satan gets the meaning. And we get that through prayer. All of this is done through prayer. The last one here, pray at all times and be alert. You're not going to get this, all this on your body or whatever you want to call it, in your heart, in your mind. You're not going to get it unless you continue in prayer. And I mean be, continue in prayer. That's what 18 says. Pray at all times. That don't mean every second of the day you need to be praying, but you need to be alert enough to pray when God... That's why he says be alert. Be alert. Let me tell you what happened this week. And I'm going to close with this. I was going to tell you at the beginning, but Kristen called us uh, Friday night. And uh, actually she texts Norma. And she said, we're on our way home from Dallas. They had to be up there in Dallas on Friday for, for, uh, for some testing uh, for the boys. And we're on our way home going down the expressway, and a car passes going 85 miles an hour. And as he cut across, he lost control. And he bounced off this car. He bounced off five cars. Wrecked, wrecked every car. Andrew had enough common sense, to, or the Lord, she said, the kids are screaming, I'm screaming, Andrew's screaming. They slowed down. The car bounced up in the air, came down on its roof, and facing them. And they stopped right in front of it. She said, and she said, we're all crying. She said, Mom, we're crying. We're thinking, nobody's even, 
Oh, I hope there's no kids in there. That's her first thought. But nobody's alive in there. So Andrew was the first one out of the car, and he walked up, and this lady climbed out. The windshield in the front was gone. There were, the car was in such bad shape that parts threw across in the other lanes on the other side, going the other way, and there was two accidents over there. That's how bad this accident was. The lady crawled out of this little window without a scratch on her. Without a scratch on her. Andrew said, boy, God was with you. She said, he sure was. He said, no, I mean it. God was with you. They couldn't even sleep that night. I mean, they had nightmares that night. But God protected them. God protected them. I said, hon, God was with you. God was protecting you. You know, and my dear wife, I'm not smart enough to pray for them like that, but, you know, Norma bathes them in prayer. You know, I usually pray after it happened. You know what I mean? But, you know, we need to be on our knees and praying, just not for ourselves, but for our kids, for our kids that they're safe, for our grandkids that they're safe, for victory. You know, I'm praying right now for Pastor and Becky. I am. You know, John and I were talking about it today. We're, they need the rest, you know, and I hope they're enjoying themselves because, man, I'm giving them a bunch of work when they come back. No, not really. I'll be gone. They can do what they want. Um, but putting on the whole armor of God is not a great, great, big, monumental task. It's taking the word, believing it, using it, and wearing it. It's like taking that new dress or that new shirt out of the closet and putting it on and saying it's mine. People, the word is ours. What we have to do is live it, is live it, and put it on. It's our protection. It's our guide. It's, it's the thing that protects our feet, it protects our head and protects our mind, protects our thought life. It's our protection against Satan. We're in a battle. The Bible says, these scriptures say, we're wrestling against, not against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling. We're in a wrestling match. I was not a wrestler. But I've I, I seen enough of them, some of them were actually real. I've seen enough of them th to know that it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight that Satan has already been defeated, but he's not going to go down by himself. He wants to take every one of us that he can with him. The victory has been won on the cross. It's ours to grab a hold, to hold on, to put it in here, to put it in here, and run with it. And share the gospel wherever we go. Shit. Don't be afraid. You know, time is too short to be afraid. It is. Time is too short to be afraid. I was walking through the grocery store just the other day, and, you know, I'm checking out. And, uh, and, and uh, this lady, again, she said, uh, oh, man, I've had a rough day. I said, you had a rough day, hon. What's wrong? She, well, the, and she shared some things with me. I said, you know, God can take care of that. And she looked at me with this puzzled look. Like, what are you talking about? I said, God can take care of that. I said, what's your name? She told me your name. I said, I'm going to pray for you tonight. And she thanked me. Don't be afraid to share the word. You don't have to preach the word. Share the word. People, people want to hear. They're sick and tired of hearing the garbage. We can call it fake news. You can call it whatever it is. They're sick and tired of hearing the garbage. They want to hear the truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth. 
He's the truth. So put on, let's stand up. Let's put on that armor as we go to prayer tonight. It's, it's late, so let's close in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for your word. Lord, your word that is a light, a light into our path. It's a light, dear Heavenly Father, that we can follow. It's a light, dear Heavenly Father, that we can take with us wherever we go. And people will say, boy, what's wrong with you? Why are you so happy? So God, tonight we pray, Lord, a blessing upon us as a body of believers. Jesus, may we live what your word says. God, protect us from the evil one. Protect us, dear Heavenly Father. But Lord, give us also the courage to share your word and not to be afraid. So Lord, tonight, I ask a blessing upon us. Lead and guide as we go home tonight. Lord, may we live that armor, live with that armor every day of our life. We ask it in your precious and holy name. And everyone said, amen, amen.